this week is actually the first week of Advent, which is the preparation time for the celebration of Christmas, so that Christmas isn't just the one day that we celebrate it on, but really it's that whole Christmas season. And since Christmas is celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, we use this time to kind of understand and celebrate all of the things that Christ brought to us when he came into this world. And each week focuses on one of those characteristics. So this first week is about hope. And usually I talk about how Jesus's birth or resurrection brings us these qualities. And this year I want to do it a little differently and talk about how Jesus in his ministry brought these attributes into people's lives. So that's what we're going to do today, is look at an example of a man who was really without hope and almost a depressive state when Jesus finds him, and how Jesus brought hope into his life. So the passage we're going to look at is John chapter 5, verses 1 through 15. It says, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, and they waited for the moving of the waters. From time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters. The first one into the pool after each such disturbance would be cured of whatever disease they had. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath, and so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, Who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Today, I would really like to focus on the condition the man was in when Jesus found him. That he was an invalid, he couldn't walk, and he's by this pool where healing power would often come. And yet, he had this attitude that there was no possible way that he would be healed. That other people would run ahead of him and, and receive that healing before he could, so there was no possible way that it would happen. Now you would think an invalid man there, right next to this pool, was primed and ready to receive healing, and yet this man felt completely cut off from something that was right in front of him. Something that he was so close to receiving, 
And yet he had this attitude that it was still a hopeless situation, that there was no way his situation would change, even though he was right there next to the pool. He thought there was no way that this could possibly happen. And my situation is hopeless. And that really is such a terrible state of mind to be in when you think about how close the man was to receiving that healing for his condition. And oftentimes we can find ourselves and, and find people in that same kind of situation where they are so close to some kind of breakthrough in their life that that breakthrough is just a small step away and yet because of the hopelessness they feel, because of that already defeated attitude that we have, we think there's no possible way that it can happen, even though it's right within reach. It just doesn't feel that way to us. There's a picture I've seen a few times online, and of course, when you're listening to this in audio only, it's difficult to describe a whole picture. But the picture consists of a man that is digging, well, two men that are digging, actually. And on the right side of the picture is a whole bunch of diamonds. And yet the man at the bottom, he's turned away from the diamonds, walking away, because he's been digging and digging and digging and digging. And even though there's just a thin layer of rock left between him and the diamonds, that because he hasn't found any diamonds yet, he's given up and turned away. And the second man is continuing forward above him, continuing to dig and dig and dig. And I love the picture because it illustrates so well how we can sometimes give up because we feel like we've made no progress, we haven't gotten anywhere, when in reality, that breakthrough that we're waiting for is right within reach. It's right around the corner. And if we just went a little bit further, we would finally receive that victory that we've been striving for the whole time. But sometimes we think, well, I've been digging and digging and digging. I've been working and working and working, and I've been trying and trying and trying, and I'm just not seeing any kind of progress. I'm not seeing that victory that I'm waiting for. And so we give up completely. But we need to remember that we never know how close we are to victory. And we'll never fully know how close that victory is unless we continue to move forward towards it until we receive it. Scripture talks about, you know, praying again and again and again and again, continually praying for something, even when it feels like there hasn't been that victory yet, we know that God is hearing us. And when we continue to pray, that oftentimes God is working behind the scenes and we just don't see it yet. And rather than giving up, we're called to continue to pray until we receive that answer that we're waiting for. Even if the answer is not exactly the one that we want, we need to continue to pray until we receive the answer. And again, there's so many areas in our life where we can apply that to. That we need to continue on and not give up because we don't know how close 
that breakthrough is. This man was right next to the pool of healing, but he was giving up without trying. Now, we can understand that this man was trying previously. And he says that while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. So he has an experience of trying this, that he tries to get down to the water, but somebody beats him to it. But now, after these attempts of trying again and again and again, he's looking at those past experiences and saying, well, it must be hopeless because it hasn't worked before. And I'm still in the same situation now that I've been in the past. But part of this process of finding and receiving hope requires that we have the faith to not just look on what has happened, but to look out to what may still happen and to look ahead at what the possibilities still are. And when we have the faith to believe that what waits ahead and what lies in the future doesn't have to be the same as what's come before, then we become ready to receive the hope that it could be better. And we can then begin to move towards that. But it requires the faith that God can move us into something greater and more powerful than what we are currently experiencing or have experienced in the past. And if we don't trust God to move us into that, then we're never going to see that. Think about in Joshua, the way that God used the Israelites to bring down Jericho. Jericho was such an incredibly fortified city, particularly for the wall that went around it. And the Israelites would look at that wall in Jericho and think, there's no way that we can bring Jericho down. And God had the Israelite people march around Jericho, march around the walls for seven days before anything happened. And then it was on that seventh day that the walls miraculously came tumbling down and allowed the Israelites to go in and claim the city. But think about the faith that was required to say, we don't know how we can bring this wall down, and we've been marching around for three days now, and nothing's happened. And then we've been marching around for five days now, and nothing has happened. But to trust that what God was telling them would bring them that victory that they, were, that they so desperately needed. And to say, okay, God, I'm trusting in you, and I have the hope that tomorrow will be different from today. And even though the first few days, tomorrow was the same as the day before, eventually that day came where tomorrow was incredibly different. And we have to understand that in the work of God's kingdoms and, and the work that God does, that his work doesn't always have immediate results, or at least not immediate re results that we can see. God always plays the long game. And this is a principle that isn't just true in spiritual life, it's true in so many aspects of life. 
If you're going to start a business, you don't expect that business to all of a sudden be some kind of major chain corporation a week after you start it. Because those kind of results don't come immediately. It takes time. It takes work. And the work of God's kingdom, the, the incredible results that come at the end of it, requires time and energy to get there. And so it requires us to have faith, to follow where God is leading us, and trust that he is going to lead us to something that is better than what has been before. And that is where our hope comes from, by trusting God, not just with our todays, but with our tomorrows. And saying, okay, God, I know what has happened before. I know where I am now. And I understand that you are calling me to go into this thing. You're leading me down this path. And so I'm going to trust you that where you are leading me, that the end result will be greater than anything I've experienced until now. And it's going to be worth it. And that faith in God, looking ahead to the future and trusting God with that future, with those tomorrows, will give us the hope that we need in a hopeless situation. And so this man was in what he believed to be a hopeless situation. He felt defeated. He felt like it wasn't even worth trying anymore because he knew he was going to fail. And then Jesus came and brought the miraculous healing that he had been waiting for. But then look at the end of this story as well. That when Jesus finds him again at the temple, he tells him, stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Now we don't know exactly what sin Jesus is referring to here. Maybe it's simply that sin of not trusting God, of not having faith in God, not believing in who God is and what he has promised to do. We don't know exactly what the sin is, but what we do know was that there was an issue that the man had before he received the healing and an issue that he had after the healing as well. And it really sounds like a perspective problem, that before the healing, his perspective was, there's no chance for me, it's hopeless, God doesn't hear me, God doesn't care about me. I'm just going to lay here until the day I die. And then afterwards, after he received that healing, that he still didn't know who Jesus was, and if he was still sinning, then that means that his life was still not submitted to God. He wasn't trusting God with his life. And unless he corrected that issue there was going to be a lot more problems down the road. And so Jesus wanted to make sure that he corrected this perspective. He corrected this man's nature so that he would begin to rely and trust in God and give God his life so that God 
could lead him into a blessed and righteous life rather than one where something even worse may have happened to him. You see, Jesus didn't just want to heal his body. He wanted to change the man's life. And that's a perspective that God still has with us today. That Jesus doesn't just want to fix our problems. He wants to change our life and lead us into something that is so much greater than where we are now. Because he loves us, and a loving father gives loving gifts. And I'm not just talking about money and cars and all of these nice things. That's not what I'm talking about. The gifts that God gives us is so much greater than material wealth. He gives us peace. He gives us hope. You know, these things that we're going to be continuing to talk about during Advent. Gives us purpose. These are the things that Jesus wants our life to consist of. And even just knowing that that's where God wants to move us to, that in and of itself gives us hope. Knowing that Jesus doesn't just want to fix this problem and then let us fall into another problem so he can fix that and then fall into another problem so he can fix that and so on and so forth, but he wants to change our life completely so it's no longer just crisis after crisis after crisis, no longer just depression and hopelessness and ruin, but he wants to lead us out of those things into a brand new life that isn't just the same problems over and over and over again. There's a funny kind of running gag in the Disney movie Hunchback of Notre Dame where there's this man who is trapped in a cage and a fight takes place and his cage gets knocked over and the door flies open and he comes out and says, I'm free, I'm free. And then he trips on the cage and lands into a stockade and he's trapped again. And then later on in the movie, there's another fight and the stockade lock gets broken and he's free again, he's free. And then he goes and falls down a pit. And it's funny because he's just falling into one thing after another. And, and so often our lives can end up looking like that, especially when we're trying to do everything on our own and we're wandering around in the dark and we don't know what we're doing. We're just barely trying to get by and, and we're just hoping that we can make it just one more day. And we just find ourselves tripping over things and becoming trapped in this or in that and this crisis and this problem and over and over and over again. And that is not the life that God wants us to be living. He doesn't want us to just be barely making it through the day by the skin of our teeth. He wants us to be waking up prepared to face the day in the power of Christ. That's what Jesus wants to do. And he'll only do it if we allow him to. If we say, okay, God, I don't just want you to fix this problem that I have. I want you to light up my whole life. Illuminate it all for me and show me the paths that you want me to walk in so I'm not just stumbling in the dark. 
Jesus came to give us a hope for our future. He came to show us, because of the victory that he has won over sin, that our yesterdays don't have to be what our tomorrows are going to look like, and our tomorrows can look better, our tomorrows can have those victories that we are striving for. And even though we've been trying our hardest day after day after day, that we don't have to try in our own power, but through the power of Christ, that victory can come. And it's right within reach. It's always within reach. The promise of the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, that as we draw near to him, he draws near to us. And that when our strength fails, that's where his light shines the brightest through our life, as long as we allow him to continue to move us forward and trust that he is going to lead us to something far greater than we could even imagine. So that our situation now isn't hopeless, there is a hope for the future and it's found through the power of Christ. And so with that, I want to leave us today with this question. What victory of tomorrow does God want to move you into? It may be a victory that you've thought you could never achieve. And possibly, very probably, you can't achieve that through your own power. But with man, things are possible, but with God, all things are possible. And as long as you rely on Christ to lead you into that victory, he might lead you to a victory that you thought you could never achieve. But you have to trust him. You have to believe that he's not going to leave you on the ground, even right next to the pool of healing. He's not just going to leave you there feeling hopeless and abandoned. But he loves you, he cares about you, he knows exactly what you have been going through and what you're going through now, and he knows what tomorrow can look like for you and knows that it doesn't have to look like what your life has been like before. But you have to be willing to set yourself aside and say, I'm not going to just try to do this through my own power and my own reasoning. My power, my strength is not enough. I need a higher power. I need something greater than myself. And God, because he loves us, says, I am right here. Lean on me, and I will lead you down the paths of righteousness that are full of victory from every sin, every bondage, every trap that the enemy has laid. So trust in him, and he will give you hope. And that's today's Sermon in the Pocket. If you have any comments or questions for me, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me either through the Sermon in the Pocket Facebook page or email me directly at sermoninthepocket at gmail.com. And I encourage you to like this, share it, rate it, whatever you can do with wherever you're watching it to help promote the message and get it out there. But until next time, I pray that God will bless you as you go throughout your day, and I thank you for taking the time to listen. Thank you.